Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast, with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Um, So, we've been doing a sermon series called Christmas at the Movies. And uh, what we're doing is just looking at the truths of Christmas through some of our favorite Christmas movies. Uh, you guys watching online, unfortunately, we can't stream the clips because of copyright issues, but you will hear them. Uh, we made sure we turned that on so you can hear the clips so you don't just have a blank screen. Uh, but today we're going to look at the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Now our church sponsored a couple movies at the theater, and yesterday was It's a Wonderful Life. And it was really fun being out in the foyer because a bunch of people came out and they're like, I have never seen that movie before. It's great. It's like... It's wonderful. Sorry, it's a. I'm just full of them today. I'm sorry. Um, but how many of you here have ever needed a second chance? Anybody ever been there? Yeah. Uh, maybe you goofed something up and you had to start over. Uh, I don't know. You know, I remember when my kids were little and we would build Legos. I love building. I still like building Legos. Uh, but if you ever missed a step in building a Lego, something or other. And you get down to the end and you think, wow, this, and you have to take the whole thing apart and start over. Maybe it's just me because I'm kind of a perfectionist in that. But uh, we all have those things. In golf, they call it a mulligan. You know, you can just pretend that shot never happened. I use a lot of those when I golf. Um, You know, different things. We've all needed second chances in life. And, And one of the reasons people love It's a Wonderful Life is because it talks about second chances and it talks about hope. And so today we're going to look at a couple clips from this movie and a couple of things that it likes or that it teaches us. But if you have your Bibles, we're going to look in Isaiah chapter 61. This is an Old Testament prophecy of the Messiah. And there were hundreds and hundreds of prophecies in the Old Testament pointing towards Jesus. And Jesus came and fulfilled every single one of those. And uh, statisticians say that the odds of someone uh, fulfilling even like 60 of those was millions to one. I mean, it was just astronomically difficult for anyone but Jesus to fulfill these prophecies. And this is a prophecy. This is something pointing towards what Jesus was going to come to do. And Jesus later, as we'll see, applied this to himself. Isaiah chapter 61, starting in verse 1. If you have the Version Bible app on your phone, if you go to that more tab and hit events, our church will pop up right there. Uh, if you have the location on, if not, you can type in 68850 and all the notes are there. But this is what it says, Isaiah 61, verse 1, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. This is what Jesus came to do to give hope, to give second chances. And guys, this is what we celebrate at Christmas, that the God of the universe came in a manger, that he could give us hope, that he could give us second chances. I read a story about a little girl that was trying to describe Jesus' birth, and she said, probably the best thing I could say is it's like a reverse firework. They said, well, what does that mean? She's like, you know, fireworks like this big and it goes really big. Jesus was really big and he became really little. I thought, wow, that's actually a pretty great analogy. Uh, So Lord, we thank you today for your word. And we pray that you would speak to our hearts today. Thank you for the hope that you bring. 
And we just pray that you would do that this Christmas season for all of us here who need it and help us to share that hope with everyone else. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see here that in these verses that God is a champion of second chances. God is a champion. God loves giving second chances. Now, I don't know about you, but I've needed second chances. And third and fourth and fifth and sixth and (laughs) 3,000, 4,000, right? We all need second chances. We all need those things that we've done to be forgiven. And one of the reasons people love that movie, It's a Wonderful Life, is because it deals with hope and it deals with second chances. That's what the whole gist of this movie is. It's hope and it's second chances. So we see here that uh, in the movie, if you've seen it, if not, uh, if you want to move up slide, Josiah, uh, it's hope and it's second chances. So in the movie, we see in the very beginning, George saves his brother Harry from drowning in a pond. He fell through ice and he saved him. George kept Mr. Gower from accidentally sending out poison pills. He put the wrong thing in because he was distraught that his son had died from the flu. Uh, Bailey, Bailey Building and Loan, that is hard to say. Bailey Building and Loan existed to give people what? Second chances. They couldn't get a mortgage. They couldn't own a house. They existed not to make a profit because they didn't much. They existed to give second chances. Mary gives that old house new life by rebuilding it and redoing it. The townsfolk gave George a second chance at the end of the money because they donated money. I don't want to spoil it for you, but we will. Uh, They give money. And when George felt like all hope was lost, God gave him a what? A second chance. Another chance to see that life was indeed a gift. So guys, Jesus came for us who have lost hope. Jesus came for everyone who's lost hope. We're going to watch a little clip here from the movie. How did you happen to fall in? I didn't fall in. I jumped in to save George. What? To save me? Well, I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did you? Go through with what? Suicide. Oh, it's against the law to commit suicide around here. Yeah, it's against the law where I come from, too. Where do you come from? Heaven? I had to act quickly. That's why I jumped in. I knew if I were drowning, you'd try to save me. You see, you did. And that's how I saved you. Uh, uh, Very funny. Your lip's bleeding, George. Yeah. I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer a little bit ago. Oh, no, 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 George. I'm the answer to your prayer. That's why I was sent down here. How'd you know my name? Oh, I know all about you. I've watched you grow up from a little boy. What are you, a mind reader or something? <laughs> well, who are you, then? Clarence Oddbody, AS2. Oddbody. AS2, what, what, what's that, AS2? Angel, second class. <laughs> Cheerio, my good man. Oh, brother. Where's the water with martini putting those drinks? Hey, what's what's with you? What what would you say just a minute ago? Why'd you want to save me? That's what I was sent down for. I'm your guardian angel. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Ridiculous of you to think of killing yourself for money. Eight thousand dollars. Yeah, now think just things like that. How do you know that? I told you I'm your guardian angel. I know everything about you. 
Well, you look about like the kind of an... How did you happen to fall in? I didn't fall in. Looks about like the kind of angel he would get, right? So if you haven't watched the movie, George was about to kill himself because his business lost $8,000. He was going to be arrested, and he had a life insurance policy, and he thought he was more valuable dead than alive, so he was going to commit suicide. And the angel came. The Lord sent the angel to tell him that he still had hope. And so we see in Luke chapter 4, Jesus applied those passages that we read earlier from Isaiah 61 to himself. It said, the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled it and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to him, the scriptures you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And so we see that Jesus came that we could have hope and to know that none of us are too far gone to have a second chance. None of us are too far gone, guys. You may be here and you may say, you know, you don't know what I've done. I don't. But I do know that no one is ever too far gone. And some of you might be here today and you might be saying, you know, I am going through stuff that that you don't know anything about. And that's true. I don't. But Jesus does. And this is, this is why he came. He came to give hope to those. He came to set people free. He says that captives will be released. And okay, some of us are captives to things, right? Some of us are captive to maybe to habits, maybe to sins that we've committed. Maybe some of us are captive in terrible relationships. Some of us might feel like we're captives in a terrible job. But whatever it is, Jesus wants to free us from those things. He wants to free us. There's one more clip here, I believe, in this that talks about second chances. We'll watch this real quick. I'm worth more dead than alive. Now, look, you mustn't talk like that. I won't get my wings with that attitude. You just don't know all that you've done. If it hadn't been for you... Yeah, if it hadn't been for me, everybody would be a lot better off. My wife and my kids and my friends. And my... Look, little fellow, why you go off and haunt somebody else? No, you? now you don't understand. I've got my job. Oh, shut up, will you? This isn't going to be so easy. Yeah, so you still think killing yourself would make everyone feel happier, eh? Well, I don't know. I guess you're right. I suppose it'd been better if I'd never been born at all. What'd you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. Oh, you mustn't say things like that. You... Wait a minute. Wait a minute, that's an idea. What do you think? Yeah, that'll do it. All right. You've got your wish. You've never been bored. You don't have to make all that fuss about it. I'm so George gets an opportunity to see what life would be like without him. And guys, some of us today kind of probably feel like that. And we would never say it out loud, but we think, man, I've messed up so bad. But you're never too far gone. You're never forgotten about. You're never too far gone to have that. And so Christmas offers us a second chance. So in the movie, George gets a second chance. He, uh, the angel, the Lord uses the angel to erase him like he never 
been born and people didn't recognize him. And he saw what life would be like without him. All the people that he affected weren't affected by him. And so he saw the difference that he had made in life. And so Christmas gives us a second chance. And the, the angel said that a Savior had been born. What's a Savior? Someone who comes to save someone else, right? Jesus came that we could have a second chance in life. Because, guys, none of us are ever going to be good enough. We're never going to do enough right things to deserve heaven. And so Jesus came to take our place, to take those sins away. In Luke chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, you could probably even quote it with me. But it said, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, the shepherds who were out in the hills. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, why is this such a big deal? Because the Israelites had been waiting on the Messiah for ages. They knew he was coming, and they thought he was going to come as a conqueror, and he was going to deliver them from Roman occupation. But Jesus came to do much more than that. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, Joseph is thinking about divorcing Mary. They were engaged. It was a little more than engagement. It was a betrothal. To break a betrothal, you actually had to go through a divorce proceeding. So his fiance turns up pregnant. He said, well, wait a minute. That wasn't me. So it's got to be somebody else. So an angel came and appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son. You are to name him Jesus, for he will, what? Save his people from their sins. Guys, Jesus came to be our Savior. And a Messiah was necessary because we all need a second chance. Every one of us in here need a second chance. We see that George Bailey was in a situation in the movie where he thought the only way out was what? Death. And guys, many of us have been in situations where we feel like there's no way out of this. There's no way I'm going to get through this. There's no way I'm going to get out of this situation I've gotten myself in. Or maybe... It was a situation you had nothing to do with. You were in it because of someone else's choices. And you needed that second chance. And so, let me just step out here just for a moment. Guys, sometimes we get in situations because of someone else's actions. Maybe it was an abusive parent. Maybe it was an abusive spouse. Maybe it was someone who, who cheated on you. Maybe it was someone who betrayed you. Maybe you were born into that situation. Whatever it was, Jesus still offers ways out. Even if, if not, it was nothing that you did. Now, some of us get in situations because of our own bad choices, right? I was talking to a young lady yesterday, and she said, well, I'm just not very smart. I make bad choices. And I said, well, being smart has nothing to do with it because you can be really smart and still make really bad choices, right? I know a lot of really smart people that are in really bad situations because of their own choices. And we've all been there. And a lot of times we make bad choices because we don't look at the bigger picture, we don't look at where we want to be someday. We make choices based on the here and now. And George Bailey was making a big decision to take his own life because he felt like there was no way out. He wasn't looking at the big picture of all the people that his life affected. And guys, so many of us make choices based on what I want now instead of what would be better in the future. And this is, you know, I was a youth pastor for a long time. My wife and I would talk to teenagers and they would say, well, I want to do this. And I'd say, well, Based on where you want to go, is that going to help you get there? Well, no, probably not. <laughs> it's probably not a great choice. And so sometimes we need saved from our own bad choices. And so 
George Bailey saw what life would be like without him, and he made this choice. We'll see this here. trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What you... <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert! My mouth's bleeding! Zuzu pedals! Zuzu... There they are! Bert! What do you know about that? Merry Christmas! So he got the second chance that he wanted in life. And guys, all of us can have that second chance through Jesus. And we're talking about eternal life through Jesus, forgiving our sins, but also in situations when we need a second chance. That's what Christmas is about. Because it's about hope. It's about, and this is why we celebrate Christmas, guys. We use a green tree if you have a Christmas tree in your house. You know why it's green? I know because it's a pine tree. That's what color pine trees are. But why do they use pine trees instead of cutting down a maple and sticking it in your house? Because green represents what? Eternal life. That's why we use a green Christmas tree. Why do they put red ornaments on it? Because of the blood of Jesus that gives us eternal life, right? Why do we put a star on top of the tree? And I know I, I wrote the wrong thing in your notes. I apologize. Some of you may not have seen it. But what did the star do? It led the wise men to Jesus. And so a star goes on top of your tree because it helps represent finding Jesus to have eternal life and salvation through his blood. That's why we celebrate those things. That's why we bring an outside tree into our houses. It seems a little backwards, but that's why we do that. To help us remember that Jesus came to give us what? A second chance. To give us hope. And so, guys, Christmas offers us a fresh hope. Christmas offers us a fresh hope. The birth of Jesus that shows that hope can shine through in even the darkest situations. Guys, the Israelites were in a really bad spot when Jesus was born. They were occupied by Romans who were brutal and they took taxes. That's why nobody liked tax collectors. I know you don't like tax collectors now, but back then it was even worse. Because they took taxes plus some for themselves. And the Romans allowed it. They couldn't worship the way they wanted because the Romans didn't allow it. They felt like their world was falling apart and Jesus came in the midst of all that. And guys, it shows us that hope can shine even in the darkest situation. You may be here this morning, and maybe God was speaking to you earlier. You feel like you're suffering and, and there's no way out. Guys, the hope of Jesus shines through even those darkest times. And we've all been there. We've all had hor horrible, hard situations that have happened. And Jesus gives us a way out through him. And so George Bailey got a, a second chance at life like that in the movie. 
We talked about at, at church last week that joy can come even in the midst of the hardest situations. Even when we don't feel happy, we can still have what? Joy. Because joy is knowing that everything's going to be okay because Jesus is in control. I don't know that sounds like such a church answer. I'm supposed to say that because I'm a pastor. But guys, how many of us here can say that Jesus brought me out of a difficult situation, right? We can, we can all say that. We can say that we've had joy even in the midst of difficulties. Even in the midst of hard seasons in life, we can still have joy because we know Jesus. It came in the darkest time. And Christmas is a time for renewed hope. Christmas is a time for renewed hope. No matter how bad life can seem, Christmas comes every year to remind us of that hope. That's why we sing songs about joy at Christmas time. We sing songs about hope at Christmas time. Even in the midst of the crazy relatives showing up at your house and in the midst of the, the annoying coworkers dropping fruitcake on your desk and all that stuff, we can still have what? Joy. We can still have hope in the midst of all that. And guys, that's the whole point of this message is because we can have hope in the midst of those hard situations. And in the movie, at the last scene of the movie, it, it makes me cry every time. I don't care how many times I've seen it. The townspeople come together to help George have what? Hope. They sacrificed, even in the midst of just coming out of the Great Depression, they brought everything they had to help him. And so Christmas affirms the value of every single life. Christmas affirms the value of every single life. Because Jesus came for who? Every single person. Jesus came for every single one of us. And, you know, so many times we think of, well, you know, he came for the whole world. Yeah, the whole world means all of us. It means us. So I'm going to show you this one last scene. This shows the people sacrificing to bring George Bailey out of his difficult spot. London. Oh. Mr. Gower cabled you need cash. Stop. My office instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Oh. Hee-haw and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. Oh. 
have to fool through all the way up here in a blizzard. Oh, I left right in the middle of it. As soon as I got Mary's telegram. Good idea, Ernie. A toast. <laughs> to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. So I love that line. He calls him the richest man in town because he has what? Hope. Friends. Right? And guys, all of us can say that about ourselves because Jesus came to give us all hope. And even in the midst of hardships, even in the midst of unrest in our country and the economy and supply chain issues. That's why we didn't have our Christmas bags today because we couldn't get candy uh, in time. It, it came Friday evening. So we'll have those for you next week. Uh, but even in the midst of all this stuff, we still have what? Hope and joy in the midst of all of because of Jesus. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. And Guys, I don't know where you're at right now. This may be the greatest Christmas you've ever had. This might be one of the most difficult Christmases you've ever had, but we still have hope. And that's what I want to pray this morning. So if you're physically able and you're willing, would you stand this morning? Now, those of you watching at home, uh, would you stand with us if you can, if it's possible? So Lord, we come this morning and we thank you that at Christmas time you came to show us hope, to show us second chances. And Lord, we thank you for this movie that shows us that we can have hope in the midst of hardship, in the midst of difficulties. And so Lord, I just pray for everyone here, everyone watching at home, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today. Lord, I know there are probably some here, some watching at home who are in the midst of a difficult situation. Maybe they're in the midst of suffering. Maybe it's physically, maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's finances, and they just feel like they can never get through this. But Lord, help them to know that in you, we have hope. In you, we have second and third and fourth and sixth and tenth chances because you came to give us hope. And so what I just pray right now that you begin to fill hearts with hope today, that you begin to speak to us today. So wherever you're at, would you just kind of close yourself in with the Lord this morning? Just, just close your eyes and allow him to speak to you today. And you may be here today and you may say, you know, Pastor, I, I don't know this Jesus that you're talking about. I've never started a relationship with him. I've never asked him to forgive my sins and, and started this relationship that you're talking about that brings eternal life. But, but I want to do that. I want this Christmas, I want to give Jesus my heart. I want to ask him to, to be in my life. And if that's you today, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We're just going to pray with you right where you are. So we're going to pray a prayer together. This is for those who raise their hand. This is for those at home who raise their hand. And this is just a simple prayer. This is just you talking to Jesus and asking him to forgive all the stuff that you've done wrong. So would you all pray this together with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for the hope that you give because you came to this earth. Thank you for dying in my place to take care of all the mistakes I've made. So I admit that I've sinned. Please forgive me. Please come into my life Make me new. Give me hope. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says that when we pray a prayer like that, he forgives all the old junk and he makes us new. And this is the beginning. This isn't it, but this is the beginning of a life with Jesus, a life full of hope and peace and joy in the midst of difficulties. So if you're here today and you say, no, pastor, I just need hope today. There's just stuff going on in my life, and I just need Jesus to give me hope. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at? We're just going to pray together this morning. I need hope. 
If you're here today and you say, you know what, I need, I need joy. There's just stuff going on and I'm just tired. I just need Jesus to give me some new joy today. Would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? Would you pray with me? Lord, I just pray for all these today who said that they need hope. Lord, I pray for all those today who said that they need joy. Lord, I just pray that today you would come and you would fill our hearts with the joy and the peace of Christmas that lasts all year. It's not just, not just in December, but it's all year. Lord, would you give us hope today? Would you give us peace and joy today? Father, when we leave at the end of this service, Lord, you let us know that we've been in your presence and that we have hope in the midst of suffering, in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of good times, we can still have hope. In Jesus' name.